before the neighbors start stomping around again upstairs. What's going on, y'all? CA here, and I want to let you in on a little secret before this episode. If you ever wondered how I got so many interviews from folks all across the U.S. so easily, it's mostly thanks to Zencaster. Zencaster is an all-in-one online podcasting platform that allows you to record your guests at high-quality MP3 or WAV files on separate tracks to make your podcast editing streamlined and easy. And now, if you haven't guessed it already, a lot of thought is proud to be hosted on Zencaster's brand new creator platform, which means if you all need to do any remote recording for your own podcast, I got the goods, and there they are. I got the goods to help you get started with Zencaster today. Go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and use my code Thought, no spaces. You'll get 30% off your first three months of Zencaster Professional. Zencaster, it's time to share your story. <clears throat> All right, add over and let's get to the show. Hey, how you doing, y'all? This is CA here, and today is a special day for me and a lot of other folks throughout the U.S. Uh, you probably already know what it is. It's Loving Day, the anniversary of the Supreme Court's decision ruling anti-miscegenation laws unconstitutional. 20 years after, my white Italian mom and my black Filipino dad got married, so thank you, Supreme Court Justices of 1967. But chances are, if you've been listening to this show, y'all already know all about Loving v. Virginia. What you may not know, however, is that anti-miscegenation laws weren't just about keeping black and white folks from making babies. If you heard the latest chapter of In Our Blood, you'll know that laws against interracial relationships were all about whiteness protecting its, quote, racial purity. And so other racial groups were also excluded from marrying whites, like mestizos from Mexico and migrant workers from Japan, China, India, and the Philippines. But the thing is, the dividing line between who was white and who was not white is never and was never a straight line. Let's get into it. Filipinos have been immigrating to the U.S. for a long time. In 1765, Filipino Indios escaped Spanish servitude by coming to southern Louisiana. Collectively called Manila men, these migrant workers were not affected by Louisiana's anti-miscegenation laws that were passed after 1803, because they were considered to be white. And due to the lack of women immigrating from their home islands, Manila men often married white women, unions whose children added to the mestizo population of the Creole region. But then in the early 1900s, pensionados were government-sponsored men and women who were brought to the U.S. to study history and public policy. They were to become U.S. colonial bureaucrats and teachers back in the home islands, chosen specifically because of their perceived status as Filipino elites. I don't even think I have to really say it, but they were categorized as white. And again, they were not impacted by anti-miscegenation laws. But then soon after, Filipinos were caught in between racial categories as more and more groups of people underwent U.S. racial litmus tests. How did they compare to Negroes? Were they Malaysian, and thus considered kinda white? Or were they Mongolians, and thus pretty much aliens? A large influx of Filipino migrants in 1910, Manongs, 
were workers wealthy enough to pay their own way to the U.S. instead of being recruited by predatory wage labor contracts. They landed first in Hawaii and then migrated to California where they were hired in place of Japanese and Chinese agricultural workers, people that Californians were actively trying to push out of the area. But as Manongs migrated further into California, soon they were blamed for taking the jobs of white workers. And so it wasn't long until Manongs also became the targets of racial violence, like the Watsonville riot in January of 1930. And since very few Filipino women came with this wave of workers, it wasn't just jobs that white men were concerned about. California had tried to use Section 69 of their 1880 Civil Code, originally meant to prevent black men from marrying or having kids with white women, to include Filipinos as Mongolians, a racial group assigned to Chinese-descended peoples who were considered by Justice Harlan, the only dissenter of the Plessy versus Ferguson ruling, to quote, be a race among us so different from our own that they could never be citizens. For years, Minongs were argued to be Malaysians rather than Mongolians, a fight that didn't stop until 1933 when the Californian governor, James Rolfe, signed two bills that retroactively invalidated all white and non-white marriages. Laws that specifically mentioned the, quote, Malay race for exclusion under section 69 of the state's anti-miscegenation law. A little more than two decades later, my black grandpa met and married my Filipino grandma in Manila, where he was stationed between his time spent in Vietnam. A marriage that was allowed, despite the prevailing anti-miscegenation status quo, because they both weren't white, but also because of my pop's status as a member of the U.S. Armed Forces. But that story, that story's for another time. So there's a little history for you today on this loving day. Filipinos were triangulated against both black and Chinese folks depending on the Pinoy's social class and where in the US their race was held under a microscope. So this loving day, let's take some time to deconstruct the lie behind the laws that criminalized interracial relationships in the first place. The lie that whiteness exists outside the power structures that it protects so fiercely. The information from today's Little Lotto is from Alex S. Fabros Jr.'s article When Hilario Met Sally, linked in this episode's description, and the music is generously provided by, you guessed it, Micaiah McRaven. If you enjoyed what you heard today, head to alottothought.com and sign up to keep up to date with the latest releases and news, and follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at lotto underscore thought. And don't forget to subscribe and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Oh, and one more thing. Today's a special day, not just because it's Loving Day, but it's the first anniversary of a Lotto Thought podcast. So if you've been here from day one, thank you. You sticking around and listening is what keeps me going. So thank you for the messages. Thank you for the support. Thank you for the encouragement. And be sure to stay tuned for the final episode of In Our Blood. If you're new here, then you got two episodes to catch up on. So you got plenty of time. That's all for today, folks. I'm your host, C.A. Davis, and until next time, be well, y'all. And of course, happy loving day.